0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Dear 2020, can we just start over? I'm Dorno Porter, and I've been thinking about life in lockdown, mostly from a cupboard. My new book, Life in Pieces, is full of thoughts on everything from bad hair and parenting to things we can control and the things we can't. When everything's falling apart, we'll piece it back together. Life in Pieces is out now in hardback, ebook, and audiobook. Hi, I'm Dorno Porter and welcome to So Lucky, where each week I go deep with my guest and explore all of the sides to all of their stories, their highs and lows, their hopes and fears, their lucky and their unlucky moments. My guest this week is Giovanna Fletcher, Sunday Times best-selling author and host of The Happy Mum. Happy Baby Podcast. As you'll hear, Giovanna was my first interview on the podcast. She was my guinea pig, and it was such a lovely conversation. We talked about feeling that you're pushing your luck when things are going really well, how she never wants any parent to feel like they're alone or struggling, how family time is not me time. And it's lovely. We agree on that, but it's not me time. The judgment that surrounds motherhood, and I contribute a pretty epic poo story. You are. Are very welcome. I hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did having it, and I'll see you at the end of the episode. So for now, this is me, Dorno Porter, talking to the glorious Giovanna Fletcher. I did a really interesting programme with Darren Brown once about the concept of luck. Mm. And we went up to this little town in Yorkshire. And there was a statue of a dog in the local park and my job, Darren was very much behind the scenes, and my job was to go around the park with a film crew going, I'm here to make a documentary about the lucky dog. People were like, what What lucky dog? And I'm you know that statue of the dog in the park? Oh, it's the lucky dog, haven't you heard? So I started to spread this rumour around the park <laughs> that this dog was lucky and apparently if you go and pat it, then you get good luck. So we set up secret cameras around the dog. And as I spread this rumour around, you'd see people in the park just like subtly walking past and just patting the dog <laughs> on the head and it was so odd how people were desperate for luck but and, also shy but
0: also shy yes yes yes,
1: exactly but how you realize oh people believe in luck like mm. you think everything is chances are and odds are if you played the lottery enough times if you didn't think chances are you're going to win something so Darren's thing was all about what is chance and what is you know opportunity that you grab and what is actual luck. Like what is actual luck? And I found the whole concept of it so interesting, mostly because there was no answer. Yeah. But I feel like we say all the time, she I feel so, so lucky. lucky. Yeah. So lucky, that person's so lucky. But it's interesting talking to I see you, I see I see you as a very lucky person. Mm. So You met the love of your life at 13. You've gone on to have three happy babies, healthy babies, and you have a really successful career. And of course, that's all really lucky. However, the other thing about you is that you work relentlessly hard Mm. and you've probably gone through all the ranks of your success and given it equal amounts of clout. And now you have to maintain all of that. So it's like that kind of swan-like energy that goes on behind someone that's lucky.
2: So a lot of what I do is about being a mum. And I think I was very aware after having Buzz, my first child, that I felt like the picture-perfect images I'd seen on Instagram weren't my reality. Uh I found it lonely. I found it... I found I was failing. I felt like I was failing in these moments where everyone else is loving life. You know, parenting is the most amazing thing ever. And it is, but it's hard. And there are days where you feel like utter crap. Mm -hmm. And I think... For me, I was very aware that social media had fed me that lie. Right. And so whenever I started well, when I did start sharing, I thought I didn't I don't wanna be that person who's gonna make that mum or dad or person, whoever, at home feeling like they're getting it wrong. Right. Or feeling like they're alone mm-hmm. because there are so many of us struggling. And it doesn't matter who you are, what you have, what you do, we'll all be faced with the same obstacles i think mm-hmm. in parenthood a lot of the same ones um so i i guess for me it's about um not having whatever happiness i'm going through upset other- others yeah you're right and also
1: not only that it's an exhausting level of maintenance for yourself yeah. it's um when when you kind of see that perfect Life being portrayed on Instagram by somebody, I think now as so kind of so much more comfortable with social media, we know that it's not necessarily real. And when when someone's photos are all perfect, and you know the baby's always smiling and laughing in the bath, <laughs> and it's just you know, you're never getting punched in the face, and I just think that's all well. Right. But the problem is, is I hope that person isn't embarrassed by the reality of yeah. their life. So I always think about them more than I used to as well. I used to think. I used to think, you're so sweet to have that um, sense of responsibility to the people that follow you. But yeah. now I've kind of shifted, and I feel that too, but I've shifted to actually feel a bit of sympathy to the people who are putting out this level of perfection. Mm. Just think, I hope that when someone knocks on your door, you don't feel that like you have to, like, Instagram-level perform your life. Yeah. Yeah. Because that seems exhausting. You could say the same about Photoshopping. Like, when oh, someone gets come. Photoshopped, and then you're like, but then you know someone's going to see you mm. in real life. So how do you feel when you're reality? I feel like that about filters. So
2: see me for what I am right now because I can filter myself so I look like someone different. Mm -hmm. But when I meet people, they're not going to know that it's me or their first instinct's going to be, oh, you don't look like you did on Instagram. I'd rather be on Instagram with no makeup on, looking like myself in my pyjamas, hair in a high bun. And then when I go out, people be like, oh... You scrubbed up well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> i, I had just, to just be f- constantly impressed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. like
2: that. But I can remember even being in Covent Garden once and I was doing some work up in um, one of the cast. So I was uh, up a level and I was looking down and I saw this couple argue. And the guy walked off and then the woman pulled out her phone. She had a baby in the pram and she spent, she was really sad. And she pulled out her phone and she piled it up at selfie level. Took a few snaps of her looking super happy, uh, really like like she was loving life. And then the moment the the phone was down on her lap again, her face fell.
1: Stop! You just got you just got a total visual of yeah. the whole mess of it all. Yeah, that's devastating. And I thought,
2: what are we doing? Like, yeah. what what is wrong with just either not documenting that moment? You don't have to let everyone know that you're in Covent Garden. I know it's mm-hmm. lovely, but You know, I just,
1: yeah, it's just the fakeness of it all. I know. It became the kind of uh, the online equivalent of just repeatedly saying you're fine in a really high pitch. Uh, (laughs) It's like you... I I get more and more suspicious of people whose happiness level is always a level 10 on Instagram. Like, what's going on? They're going to announce a breakup any minute. It can't be be this good. The divorce is coming. Nothing can be that good. Um, Can you pinpoint a certain moment in your life where you felt really lucky, like an actual moment? Uh,
2: When Buzz first arrived, Mm -hmm. I would say, first child. uh, I had had um, PCOS before that. I'd had a miscarriage before I fell pregnant with Buzz. And I I just think after being pregnant after having a miscarriage, you kind of every day, every week feels like luck. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It feels like an achievement. And so then like I don't think that a single day went by where I kind of relaxed in any of my pregnancies pregnancies actually.
1: Because you were um, worried it was going to happen again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I just I thought it was going to be taken. And actually the whole of my third pregnancy, the thing that I kept repeating... So the third time—that was my first time. The third time, whole pregnancy was, am I pushing my luck?
1: That that's—it's uh, the weirdest feeling, isn't mm. it? How could I be this lucky? Yeah. I don't. What have I done to deserve this? All the bad things just around the corner. Or how stupid
2: of me to think that I could be that lucky? Yeah. Like I—I've been there. I've—I've I've had that miscarriage. So how? What makes me think that I could be that lucky to have another healthy child? Mm-hmm. And so when, maybe Max actually arriving is the luckiest I've ever felt. Right. Because I literally, the emotions that flooded out of me when Max arrived and he was healthy and, you know, there on me, my body had done its thing, that, the emotion was just off
1: the scale. Oh, I can imagine. And did you... In terms of the fear, cause my fear after having kids came about six months after I had my last one. I thought the whole thing was fine. And then, I, then I got this like crippling fear that I shouldn't be this lucky. Yeah. Something terrible is going to happen. And it kind of came out of nowhere. But did yours kind of end when you had him in your arms? I don't think a mother's fear ever truly oh, yeah. ends. But I mean, that feeling of like, I do deserve this. Of course, I'm this lucky. I'm a very healthy woman. And of course, I've had another baby. I
2: don't know. No. I don't know. I don't know if that's ever going to go. I don't know I think that for me was like <clears throat> just a relief that I think I think the pregnancy was the main thing and I think I do a lot of work with Tommy's um the charity who sort of looking into miscarriage and, and stillbirth and baby loss so I think maybe I was just hyper aware right. this time around um so that was kind of that sort of nugget right there that little yeah. um but yeah, as they go through and grow up, I think I'm going to have more moments
1: where I'm just a bit like, oh, I'm so lucky. And you do, I think you do with parents. I mean, you have some moments where I had such a, a such a hard week this week. My four-year-old was just really playing up in a way that it was, <laughs> in a way that it wasn't, oh, he's being a toddler. It felt out of control. Yeah. He, you know, Chris went back to LA. We we're in a different country right now. And I, was, and I forget that he's four. Yeah. And I remember just thinking, I don't feel lucky right now. And I would have thoughts like, Oh God, I, I'm just so exhausted. It's so overwhelming. I'm like, and I know that there's people out there who would see my Instagram feed and consider me to be a really lucky person. And when you start to doubt your own uh, happiness or luck, luck in those moments of parenting, like we all do. And then you kind of come out of it. All it took was him sleeping in my bed last night and just See, kind of waking thing, up to cuddles. And I woke up this morning, I was like, I'm so happy and I love this and I'm lucky because yes, he's brilliant and he's healthy and he's feisty and he's going to give me hell for his whole life, I know that already. <laughs> but of course I'm lucky to have him. And you know, especially when it comes to things like motherhood, we've all got friends who are struggling mm. um, to do it. And then when they have their kids, it's not the dream that they thought it was going to be. But, it's, um, but you can really lose yourself, can't you, in those moments where you have to remind yourself that you are lucky to have what you've got. And also remind yourself
2: that it's okay to feel overwhelmed. Parenting is a push and pull. And it doesn't mean that you don't love them. It doesn't mean that what made you so lucky doesn't
1: exist. Yeah, exactly. Um, You sometimes look at your toddler and you think, oh, God, that was awful. And then they sleep in your bed and everything's delicious. And then you think, (laughs) when you're 15, oh, my God, we haven't even hit that yet. That's going to be wild. So how, in terms of parenting having three kids and one that is really young Mm. how do you carve out time for yourself especially in terms of creative time to think about what you can write about i have found time for myself
2: really difficult Mm -hmm. because i think up until recently i've kind of felt like it's selfish if i'm not working especially if it's if i'm not working and i'm not with the kids then what am i doing right like i don't go and get my head like all that stuff yeah but i recently found running but yes. I can't believe I'm saying that. But yeah, running. Um, I got talked into a 10k, doing a 10k in my undies with by Brian and Gordon at the start of the year, and I said yes. Uh, I had a moment. <laughs> I was just like, yes, this sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Never run before, and uh, and yeah, I
1: started. Um, I started running, and because you, I saw a post you did the other day that said. I always thought I couldn't run. Yeah. And I, I can't run. Are you saying that, are you saying that I can? <laughs> I'm saying that you can. <laughs> how helpful. much did you have to power through that first, I can't run?
2: Well, so uh, the first time I ever ran, I did 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Literally felt like I had a chest infection for the whole day afterwards. Terrible. So I ran at like seven o'clock in the morning. The whole day, I felt like my lungs were just burning if ever I extended like full mm-hmm. to my breath to full lung capacity. Uh, and then a few days later, I did another 10 minutes. Not as bad, maybe the half the half of the day right. felt like a chest infection. And then the next time we did 13 minutes, that wasn't there. And before I tried to, that quickly, it's that is an amazing thing about running. The speed in which you can um get better and increase your fitness is
1: just mind boggling. I've the idea of it is so tempting to me, but I just I, I just I feel like I don't have the enjoy. It's really inspiring because it's the kind of thing where when I see people running, they're having an experience that I feel I'm missing out on in my life because they look, when you see someone enjoying a run, it just looks like a dreamy experience. <laughs> um, so are you going to be like, that's your sport now? That's what you it's do? It's so weird, yeah. I can't believe it. What about your pelvic floor? I feel like I'd wet myself the entire one. <laughs> <laughs> you made me laugh so much when you said that. So I just wanted to explain what we're talking about there and... Uh, a few weeks ago Giovanna did a post about going for a run and I wrote probably in capital letters underneath the post how did you run that far i'd wet myself the whole way cut to loads of followers saying being quite clinical about it, saying that women after kids really shouldn't be struggling with pelvic floor issues and that um, if we do have a problem that we should get it checked out. Um, and that was very, very sweet of them and they're absolutely right. If um, if you do have a problem, then you should get it checked out. I would just like to say that, although I don't think I'll ever go on another trampoline, um, I, I, I um, was exaggerating. Just wanted to explain that. Thank you.
2: But yeah, weirdly, I don't, th- I don't enjoy the actual running. I don't think. That feeling that you get afterwards... It's just, I think there's something about being out. It's something about not having anyone asking anything of you. Mm -hmm. You're just there putting one foot in front of the other. Thoughts are coming. Thoughts are going. It feels creative because you're just there. Yeah. Nothing else is clouding your mind. And the feeling of your body achieving something that you never thought possible. Oh, yeah. I find it really emotional. That oh. day that I got 5K on a 30, yeah. I literally was like, ah, ah, I was just sobbing. That's
1: brilliant. <laughs> and also, you there's no childcare or work, really, apart from your thoughts, that you can do while you're running. Yeah. So it is totally, you're giving yourself that time. Yeah literally up until this year i have felt
2: like me time is selfish time that's just in my, my head for everyone mm-hmm. else that's fine but in my head i think because i know the hours that i work and everything else i've i have thought of it as selfish and actually i'm just a twerp it turns out and and actually having that time for you and also i did that thing of my, my family time is me time because yeah. i love my family yes. and i'm so it's lucky not to you have time. them
0: Um, it's not. <laughs> if you've got someone going ma 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 the whole
2: time, that's not necessarily time for you to just kind of yeah. take stock. And uh,
1: so, yeah, So weirdly, I am now a runner. I think that's fantastic. Mm. Um, also, I think when you write on your own, you know how sometimes you. The weekends are, you know, a lot when you've got kids. Yeah. It's not relaxing. No, no. So no. you up early and you're just work, work, work all day. And sometimes I get to Sunday night and I'm like, get me to my desk, <laughs> no. get me to work. And I think, who is that? that's crazy that this is what's happened over the weeks? And I love the weekends with my kids. It's my absolute favorite time of the week. But it's, um, but I'm exhausted by Sunday night. And sometimes Chris and I just go to bed on Sunday night. Going, Jesus. Christ. like the weekends used to be about relaxing I get to my desk on Monday morning and like 10 past 9 I've got a coffee that isn't being threatened (laughs) with being spilt all over me and I've made some food at work and I'm just sitting at my desk and I feel like but I make the mistake of that being my me time yeah. and actually I'm at work and Mm -hmm. it's hard to carve out that time so exercise is is a really good one but you know I wouldn't be great to be one of those women who's like no I go for a massage once a week (sighs)
2: something that I'm just really thinking about at the moment if we don't treat ourselves with kindness we can't look at other people to treat us in that way that's true so we do have to take that time I don't know it's just yeah at the moment I'm running and that's great I do it when the, either when the kids are away first thing it's like if they've gone to school or nursery or when the kids are in bed that's a really good time to run yes because
1: they're asleep they don't, they don't, no, mind. it's they, really, you know, nice. they're fine. And it ends your day and it gets you into, and then you've got the evening of you as well. Yeah. And some husband time and, and some feels, work time. Yeah. And, some work and, and time. I like,
2: can't, um, I can't run. I've dis- I've discovered I can't run and then go home and the kids be up and like on a Saturday morning. Right. It just doesn't work. No. Like, the endo- you get that massive endorphin high and then you come home and you're smack banging reality yeah. with one child hitting the other and shouting. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it kind of, Takes all that running joy away. Yeah. Um, so, yes, for me, carving out time and that turns that, that does fuel my creativity then. Mm-hmm. Cause I kind of, it makes you. Kind of see things in a different way, or kind of make it takes the stress away, and you don't yeah. have to worry about certain
1: things. Or and also, it's just that uh, phrase just gets cobwebs out. I think it's it really does. important to kind of just go and I don't run, but I do hike up this little hike in LA, and yeah. uh, I go. Uh, sometimes I'm at the bottom of it, and I'm almost weepy with stress. And by the time I come down, I'm like right, bring it on. Yeah. You know, take me to the kids or my computer, either one. <laughs> I'm ready for. Um, so, in terms of your public persona, yep. do you think? Um, that you are the same person at home that you are online? Like if your fan was to get to know you, if fan was to get to know you, that they would already know you?
2: (laughs) Yes, I think so. I think maybe I'm a bit more, uh, I I like my own company a bit more. Mm -hmm. But then that's writing as well. Yeah. Like you spend a lot of time on your own. Um, And actually, I think what social media has done is that kind of, it stops you getting cabin fever. To a certain extent, it gives you that outlet.
1: When you spend a lot of time on your own. Yeah. Well, you see, I think that's why a lot of new mothers are on it. Like you see when you, you know, when you post something about kids, you suddenly see that there is this kind of new mum army. Yeah. All in this kind of weird new solitude. Yeah. And on their phone a lot because they're either sitting there with a bottle or a boob. Oh, yeah, I
2: was, I was horrified. (laughs) I was listening to a podcast today and someone said, you know, uh, they said about, um, Oh, you know, it's really sad with phones nowadays when you get on the tube and everyone's on the phone. Or when you see a, a young mu- like a mum on her phone when her kids are there. Like, but you don't know what the mum's doing on her phone. Yeah. She might be buying him shoes. Yeah. You don't you don't know. Or she might like be trying to, she might be on a sort of website trying to figure out how to wean the baby. Like you just don't know. So yeah. it's
1: taking out that judgment is so important in all of our heads. So true. So true. I had one of those moments where I was, I had my bee strapped to my chest my toddler was running ahead of me in the park and he kind of ran into this man who was running. You know how runners own the park? I <laughs> mean, you're it a runner. I don't do. want to turn on mean, I toes, do, I but, do. Um, yeah. But, you know, you've got that feeling of like, get that kid out. Suddenly you hate kids and you hate dogs and you're like, it's my park, it's my park. And so this man was running around because he was the lord of the park. and um, And my kid kind of got in his way a bit and it really made him very cross. But I was on my phone and he said said something along the lines of take care of your kid or you should keep your eyes on your kid. But he said it in a way that made me look very irresponsible. And I'm literally, Chris is walking around the park trying to find us. I'm literally just saying to Chris, we're down by the thing. I was on my phone for 20 seconds and I just screamed fuck you!
0: And then I was like, "You just accused me of being a bad parent. I've got two tiny kids with me and I just
1: screeched, fuck you across the park because I was so angry. But he just, he just sparked. I was fine, by the way. I wasn't even remotely stressed, but he just sparked something in me where I was like, don't you judge me like that yeah. that was so i'm trying to find their father in the park because we're on a family day oh my god anyway i kind of then i realized there's more eyes on me and i'm looking at my kid who's just like look at me i'm so very, so very sorry then i do my best because it's in america do my best mary poppins voice and just act like butterwood and mouth it's like terribly sorry okay um onwards guys and maybe avoid the running man in future <laughs> it's just so terrible, but that horrible feeling where you've been judged incorrectly because you're on your phone—it's horrible. Yeah, sometimes mums are on their phone for like good reasons. Other times, they are just on Instagram. On Instagram, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, we all know that it's not cool to judge, mm. but I also believe that we all do, whether we say it out loud or not, because it's impossible not to. I think. Yeah. And motherhood is a area of all of our lives that gets a really bad hit on judgment, and because we all do it very differently. Yeah. So, I think. I've taught myself to keep my thoughts to myself when it comes to not agreeing with somebody else's parenting because I don't think mine is perfect. (laughs) And realizing that when you say it out loud, you would never actually say it to somebody. I don't think you should be doing it that way, I don't think. But for me to say I don't judge would be a lie because Mm. the thoughts in my head definitely question the way that other people do things. But as, as a mom, especially you definitely get the wrath of other people's judgment, don't you? Yeah, but I think the biggest person judging when you're a
2: mum is you or yeah. yourself. Like I don't, you know, I I look back to the first time going to baby groups and stuff, and I used to be there just, and I the whole thing is about you and your baby and enjoying that time together, creating that bond. Mm-hmm. And I just used to worry that. Buzz would cry that I'd have to feed him, and I hadn't breastfed in public before, and that would be awkward and weird. And so I'd literally go places early, give him an extra feed, even though he wasn't due one, just so that he would get through right. the class. Then I'd worry that he'd cry, and I'd have to get out the dummy because otherwise, how am I going to soothe him? And that people would judge me because then I had a dummy. Yeah, you know, so all these things, or you know, and you just think that everyone else is more competent than you are, and that everyone else knows what they're doing. Yeah, and you, re- as soon as you realize that they don't, and every- actually everyone's advice and the reason why people feel so strongly about the advice that they give is because that is what they have found works but they might have found that works after nights or days of torment and mm-hmm. you know heartache or whatever and and uh, people get really passionate about what they think works yeah. in, in parenting and
1: also i think there's there's nothing nicer than when um women offer help and advice mm. because we all do need it. Especially for me. I had both my babies on the other side of the world with no family at all. Yeah. Like my girlfriends were the most important thing. Um so weird judgment is weird because you hear a lot. I, I just feel like different in terms of trying to help a woman out, it's really nice to hear other people's opinions. I just mean I'm actually being a bit horrible when I'm when, um in the conversation that I'm having in my head right now. <laughs> I'm just I'm just talking about it literally when um so bedtime, I'm a real, I'm a, I'm a you know, a bedtime bitch. Seven I'm like, o'clock, go to bed at 7 to bed, o'clock, yeah, get out. Yeah. And I've got friends who are like still lying with their kids at 10 o'clock. They've never spent a night on the road. The kids were up all night. I'm like, I am judging you, by the way. I am judging you. But like, I said this to my friend the other day. You didn't sleep train and it's entirely your fault. And I am judging you. And she says, you're that bitch that judges. And I'm like, yes, but, but your kid is five yes, and hasn't slept through the night. And I am judging you. So sorry, I am.
2: See, I think in my head, I am literally thinking if that works for you yeah do what works for you and you know you're the one that's in your house you're the one that's if your baby's up at night joan down the road isn't there to tell you well you shouldn't have your kid in your bed if you're all sleeping Put the kid in your bed. Yeah. Like that's it's your decision to make.
1: I'm the opposite end of the scale. Mm. And I'm kinda like But you are might actually be, you haven't even cracked, you might be the nicest person <laughs> in the world. And I think but well, you're the, the kind of the person like everyone everyone next to you is just on a scale of nasty. No, I'm like I, I I'm know. I'm maybe a level eight with my judgment, but, but I do keep it in my head most of the time unless it's a really good friend. But I just think
2: you get, in parenting you get yourself into positions where you're kind of I don't even know how I'm doing this but this is where we've got to yeah. I don't know why I'm sleeping in my kid's bedroom on the floor at 5.30 in the morning but that's where we've got to yeah. or I'm trying to get into his cot you just get yourselves into a position you make a rod for your own back and then you're trying to slowly undo it mm-hmm. and you are your biggest critic in your head your mate probably knows ah if only I sleep trained you know Yeah. but it's all very well looking back and kind of going, I wish I'd done that. I don't know. Also, I just you've kind just, just like, got to get
1: through it, haven't you? I mean, it feels yeah. like sometimes So, I'm, I might have, I might have nailed sleep. Not that I'm either, neither of my kids are sleeping at the moment. Um, so, I'm just totally self righteous and should never have said anything. <laughs> but um, my big thing is, is, is work, and I just feel yeah. like um, I always feel like, God, what must? I mean, this is this thing. It's totally fine. I'm just a mother who works. But I always think, what must? Sometimes when I'm with certain family members or whatever, and they think that you know, Chris is away a lot, and I work, and should I have should I have put them into nursery later and been home longer and all of that? And I'm like, no, I've got a fucking job. Just calm down. But I know that I always feel that there's people who think I work too much.
2: But see, that's the thing. So you're almost having that judge, feeling like totally, people are judging you totally. makes you defensive, which is why there is so much judgment in parenting because we're all kind of defensive over whatever choices yeah. you've made. And I I, I don't know, I am I am the other side of the scale simply because I just think, it's no. Like, other people's choices, they don't affect me. Mm. I don't have to have a reaction because I know that that person's doing their best. If they're not hurting the child or, you know, oh, God, causing yeah. of, that's a different issue. But when it comes to sleep or eating, you know, I just, whatever works. I will just you know. get through it. We all do our funny things. Parenting makes us do ridiculous things. It really does. Yeah. I remember
1: being at the paediatrician with um, my kid once and the doctor walked in as I was trying to take a poo out of the nappy <laughs> with my hand <laughs> because I didn't have any other nappies. And, and she just walked in and she just walked in and she just said, she, honestly, she, her face went pure white and she just said, what are you doing? <laughs> and I, I was like, I'm, I was... <laughs> I was taking the poo. Out. Do you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to change him when I get home. It's one of those moments where you are. This situation has driven me completely crazy. <laughs> and I'm no, no one to judge. No one to judge. But sometimes I do get a bit gen- uh, judgy. I have to say, though, since becoming a mum, I love the community that it puts you into. And on the most part, you hear a lot, a lot, a lot about how judgmental it is. On the most part, everybody's lovely. Oh, you and can talk every- to yes, anyone when you're a mum. you're all mom. in it together. Uh, I love it how you just like you meet someone new and if you, if you if you feel if you just say have you got kids then you've instantly got a talking point. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real relief.
2: Straight away. Yeah. And I, I make a thing about especially people with young babies even just saying hello mm. or oh how old are they? And I always say, oh, well done for getting out. Yeah. Because I think sometimes just getting out of the house uh, feels yes, the most it's a overwhelming big deal. thing.
1: Although in some I I was on a um international flight once with my at the time he was Two, and I was pregnant but I was like he's going to do fine on this flight everything's going to be fine there's a woman sitting next to me with this tiny baby and I kind of walk on and I'm like been there a thousand times with this one if you need me to hold him when you go for a wee <laughs> whatever her baby didn't make a peep the entire flight my year roll was an absolute maniac to the point where I'm crying oh, no! I'm crying on the plane and she's just like do you need my help I'm like no
0: just leave
1: me alone I can totally manage That's terrible but yeah
2: um, that's the thing about you get to a point where you feel like you should know everything but it's all about not knowing everything and kind of going this will be what it will be yeah
1: but then when you get to the third there must be a bit of like I got this so you kind of no I never feel like I've got this any moment that I
2: literally a moment that I feel like I've got this. Whether we're all sat around the dinner table and it's lovely and everyone's eating their meal and it's civilised, I just think let's absorb this moment to the max. Because in two minutes' time, Buddy will be under the table, he'll be pulling the high chair, Max will be throwing things around the room. Like you just never know what's going to happen. So let's just enjoy that little minuscule second
1: for what it is. Beautiful. Aren't I lucky? (laughs) Aren't I lucky? (laughs) Massive thanks to Giovanna for talking to me on the podcast and for being my lovely, so lucky guinea pig. Giovanna recently trekked the Himalayas, which is beyond anything I would ever do or could possibly imagine. She did it for the 10th anniversary of Copper Feel, a charity that's also very close to my heart. It's an amazing charity that aims to help everyone stand the best possible chance of surviving breast cancer by educating us on the importance of getting to know our boobs and pecs. So I'd like to take this opportunity to tell you all to take off your bra or put your hand up your top and have a good feel of your boobs. The more you know them, the more you're going to know if there's something strange going on. Her donation page is still live as this episode drops, so I'll include the link in the show notes. Giovanna has also recently partnered with Next in the UK to create a range of bedding, which is gorgeous and in shops now. I have even more brilliant guests lined up for you on the podcast, so please make sure that you're subscribed to So Lucky on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on your smart speaker of choice to get each one as it drops if you enjoyed this conversation I'd really appreciate you leaving a review on whatever platform you're using because it really helps other people find the podcast and if that's not enough my own book also called so lucky is out now in print ebook and audiobook thanks again to Giovanna to producer Emma Caution at Breathing Audio to Fanula to Liz to Kim and all the team at HarperCollins and to you for listening I'll see you next week